You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Graham Phillips, who also performs under the pseudonym Tupelo Lime, is a dual British-American national currently living in England. Graham got his original inspiration in the early San Francisco punk days in the early 1980s. Later making his way to the California mountains, he found himself falling in love with the country blues, folk, and southern rock sounds. He calls Tupelo Lime stripped-back Americana. Graham joins me all the way from England for this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about his latest music. Good evening, Graham. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful evening here at the moment. It's about still, oh, it's about 75, 80 degrees still here at 7 o'clock at night. Wow. And and I am speaking to you from where? Where are you located? Um, I am located in the far east of England on the little piece that juts out into the north side, little fishing town called Lowestoft. Okay. Awesome. And Yeah, it's kind of cool up here. Yeah. So um, you've got an interesting story. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to dive in. You, you don't have a really strong... English European accent is that uh, just the way it worked oh, out, or or uh... it's just the way it worked out. Um, I I I've spent most of my life um, traveling, so um, my accent dives in and dives out. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, depending on on where and who I am. Uh, um, well, I guess I reached for that uh, a little bit because I I'm reading through your notes. I know that you've spent uh, quite a bit of time in the United States and um, actually had a, had a different genre of music that you were in for a while uh, in your earlier part of your career. Is that right? Mm. I, I started out, um, uh, I'm not one of these who picked up a guitar at the age of three years old and went, wow, this is what I want to do. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I have, yeah, I, I have uh, a, an English father and an American mother. Okay. And... Um, I, I was split between the two places. So as soon as I was able to and graduated high school, um, I went. I, I headed over to, to the states and discovered San Francisco and the punk movement that was like really happening there. Yeah, in the eighties, right? Yep. <laughs> and that's when I discovered me. Yeah, in the very early eighties, that's when I discovered music. Really. Did, did um, you have any sort and, of uh, musical uh, inclinations prior to that? Were you were you Kicking around, oh, I mean, you know, I, I uh, a piano. Yeah, um, okay. you know, I'd taken piano lessons as a, as a young kid and, and was doing some stuff. I was more into dramatic arts and I was, uh, you know, the music and, you know, my, and, and my intention was always to travel the planet. And so the music wasn't at that point quite high. And then I discovered this whole community of people, yeah, who were heavily into do-it-yourself music and that ethos that sits right behind that yeah um and then i wow i was like wow this, i'm home man you know i was <laughs> like yeah this is this is so cool so how did you get and from I, punk music to alternative country americana that's a bit of a stretch um well if you think about where it all happened not that much you know san francisco in, in the early 80s 
you know, you, you know, we were still talking about a lot of country-based bands and the Grateful Dead. Sure, yeah. Um, and um, I, I spent, I don't know, four or five years in San Francisco, and then um, a friend of mine invited me up to the Trinity Mountains up in California. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and uh, and there, I, I, I spent two years up there, and that was where I discovered real, real music being made by people uh, you know we own just acoustic instruments sitting on their porches and on the back of the bar and these little, tiny little towns of about 50 people that were in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah yeah um and then and, and then i fell in love all over again i was like okay so this is really really cool i just spent hours listening to so they when, were writing their own stuff and playing yeah. traditional stuff it's very cool when did it become something for you that you wanted to get into it professionally from the performance side of things? Once I'd worked out what it was that was in my head and that music was a way for, for me to get out, what I decided was actually, if I, if I really need to do this, what I need to do is go travel some more and find out what's out there. Mm, okay. um, and so I spent a long time traveling and listening to music and, hanging out with musicians and, and learning and just figuring out what it was I wanted to, to do. Uh -huh. um, and so, as I say, you know, in the end, I came quite late to being a professional musician. Right. But yeah. I had spent a long time in that apprenticeship process sure. yeah. where you're not quite, but you are, and you're trying, to, you're trying to pay dues in life and, you know, and trying to figure out art forms and craft forms and how they all blend and, you know, so I was picking up guitars and picking up other art forms all along the way and trying to work out how I could put them all together. And then this, you know, sort of this alt-country movement came along. Uh -huh. And I, I was like, for me, that was, that, that was the moment of revelation or redemption. That was the time when I said, okay, so this is how you express yourself. And at that point, then I decided to make music a career. Okay. And how long ago was that? You know, they, they were artists like uh, 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, but okay. it took me a long time from that point, you know, to, yeah. to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe 25 years ago now. Okay. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was a while ago. But, it, you know, that there's, Ringo Starr is right. You've got to pay your dues if you want to sing the blues. You've got to learn. Yeah. You know, before you can actually make music. You know, I... I I think there are too many people who just go, oh, yeah, I, I, I can be a musician. I, I can be a pop star and stuff. And, and there's, there's nothing that sits behind that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good observation. And, and it's so true when you listen to the songs. There's, uh, when you look at the commercial uh, commercial pop scene, there's, you're right, there's very little depth. You, you, don't, um, you don't get a lot of, um, there's not a lot of storytelling in that kind of music. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I, I mean, I have been... You know, all for me, this is all an extension of poetry, which I took up many, many ah, months, okay. you know, right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, and so for me, this is an extension of that. I am not the world's greatest guitarist. I am not the world's greatest singer. But what I I I I, I can do well is write tales that I can put to music. Yeah, and alt country and that whole vibe that goes along with it is what I really like. How long have you been recording? Um, recording professionally only a couple of years in reality. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, I think for a lot of artists, um, the the actual process whereby you become commercial is not something that sits right easily. Yeah, you know, you're much better off connecting through you know whatever your my partner is 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 an artist. He's a potter, and um, and it's the same thing. You're much better off connecting one on one with small groups, and for a musician, that sort of playing gigs and touring and um, and for an artist that's just working with people and creating and not worrying too much about um how are you going to make money out of it right yeah has this something yeah, that you've yeah. been able to do uh professionally and, and make a living at or do you have other things that you you do along the way um i'm oh, they, they, like i think just about every musician there are part-time day jobs and day jobs and just, you know, that, that yeah. pays the way for you to do what you do. Yeah. I have not yet reached the stage where I can comfortably live off um, an income as, as a musician. Yeah. Um, and I suspect that that's, that's the same for most musicians in the sure. modern world. Right. More you know, than not, yes, for sure. 50 years ago, yeah, yeah, exactly. 50 years ago, you might have been able to do it yeah. as, a, um, yeah. as a non-famous um, Spotify um yeah, <laughs> I'm on Spotify because I have to be. But yeah, yeah, know, it's killed touring musicians. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. Do do you work in a related field, or is it just kind of you're picking up the odd jobs, whatever you need to do to to uh, support I, I the art? I have worked in absolutely everything to support my art form. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, again, I I have worked. I have worked in a car wash. I have worked in kitchens. I have washed dishes. Been a short order cook. Um, I have, oh, yeah, I mean, it goes on and yeah, on. I, again, yeah. if you talk to a lot of country and alt country musicians, it's the same story. Sure, yeah. you do whatever it is you do yeah. in order to be able to pay for the 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 honor of making music. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a very eloquent way to put that. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> What, when, uh, barring the present world situation, what does it look like for you when you get to get out? And uh, what did it look like? And hopefully again soon, uh, when you get out, get to get out and perform your music. Where, what kind of audiences do you find resonate with what you do? What, what kind of a venue do you find yourself in most of the time? Yeah, that well, uh, a, um, I lost a whole year's worth of gigging sure. income this year. Yeah, everybody um, did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and um, it, it's really interesting. Um, most of my audience, although I live in the UK, most of my audience is, is not in the UK. It's really? Okay. Places like Germany and Italy and France. Huh. Um, the UK audiences are much more interested in covers overall oh, okay. and, and pop type mm. music and, um, and metal. So, so my audience is there. Um, and smaller venues much more intimate venues you know folk club you know the smaller type i am you know, i'm never going to play you know stadium but um you know i can make a good income playing small venues mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um, and that's uh, um and um hopefully they they will be allowed to reopen soon i, I, mean, I don't know it's been a long time since i've been home now but um here all the venues are closed they opened them all up and then they shut them all right back down again. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, it depends on and, where you are in the States as to what capacity uh, that open and shut yeah. is in. But it it seems like it's 
fairly common uh, worldwide at this point that uh, very few areas are allowing musicians back in to play. Yeah, and especially the smaller venue, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and you can, you know, I live right opposite a music venue, which is great. Yeah. Because, um, I, well, I, I had a residency there for one thing. But, you know, social distancing and, and uh, all the requirements that are uh, you know, need to be met it means that their music venue side of their of their business is unviable. Right. Yeah, it is. You know, that where they used to pack in, you know, a couple hundred people, they can fit, you know, 40 or 50 now if right. they maintain social distancing. Right, yeah, yeah. And that makes it hard for them to pay. So um, my, my latest audience is house concert. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I think that... Um, more and more artists are going to have to go that route. I, you can get 20 people in someone's backyard or basement and probably yeah. still make a little bit of money for the artist, but the fans still yeah, get to enjoy it, the music too. Exactly. And, 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 and there's a real intimate connection sure. here. Yeah. I've just played a very small gig um, just down the road from here uh, last week. Um, and there were, you know, 16, 20 people there. Right. But you get this real intimate uh, validation of what you're trying to do and what they're expecting yeah. uh, out of playing in those. And um, house party gigs are really popular here. Yeah. Uh, well, not so much here, but certainly in Europe, they are really popular. Um, and so uh, that, that's, the, that, that, that's the latest sort of, I think, for smaller, especially for the, you know, the darker side of country, um, it, it fits really well. Sure, yeah, and, and uh, the singer-songwriter and and the kind of the fringe bluegrass, even uh, all of those, fit, yeah. fit well in house concerts. Absolutely, and, you know, and and and, and you know, I, I can bring my friends along to the gig with me if yeah. I want to. Yeah. It pays actually, in as much it pays just as much as the bigger gig does. Um, right, uh, and you get some you know some really cool people. Yeah, yeah. So you were interested in music. Well, right, because is, you, you what you do is you strip away the, uh, the the people that are just there for the bar. The music is just, it's nice exactly. if it's good, but you don't really care. It's not why you're there. So when you do a house yeah. concert, you bring the people in that are really interested in the music. And from an artist's perspective, that, that really gives you a very captivated audience, too. Yeah, I, and and what really set me off down that route was I, I saw Blackberry Smoke doing uh, a house gig in Paris. Really? Wow. Wow, I, I bet like, that was great. Wow, that is the you know that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Because you really connect with them. You you know you you, you can work with them with the music as as an audience member, and the band can work with you as an audience. Right. Yep. 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 That's a good point. And and something beautiful happens right mm-hmm. there. You know that, mm-hmm. that that you get something that social media does not give you. Oh my, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You get that extra yeah. dimension. <laughs> You know, social media is fine. It, it's better than nothing, but it's two-dimensional, and you you don't yeah. um, you miss that third dimension of the atmosphere and the the people and the and um, even in distancing, you still have that third dimension going on where you can feel the energy in the room. Exactly. So you exactly. have a, and, and, a recording. Uh, do you just have singles out right now? Or are you working on a new album project? What, what's well, <laughs> Everything got torn apart this year. So, so currently what I'm doing now is I've just released. I was never into Spotify. I always thought, 
you know what, I can make a living purring, you know, roughly. Um, so, so that's where I'm going down. That all changed this year. Um, so I, I finally gave in and said, okay, everybody expects at least to have Spotify track. So, right, right. Um, um, so I've just released uh, The Orange Rain onto Spotify. We're going to do one a month for the uh-huh. next couple of months. Okay. We're going to follow that up with an EP. Okay. And then we'll follow that with an album. Um, hopefully by that time, uh, touring will be allowed again. Mm-hmm. And um, I can use the, usually you tour to promote your right. Uh, right. your product. You know, this way, maybe this is how we have to use product to promote the touring. Um, he... We're going to do a series of virtual pay-per-view gigs with some guest artists. Oh, good. Okay. And um, some of my friends are um, really interested in doing that. We we have to see how that works out. And uh, what are people prepared to pay for a virtual gig as opposed to going for a real one? Right. What does it have to look like? Right. Yeah. Does the EP or record have a name yet? Um, not yet. Um, the, the Orange Rain is out now on Spotify. Um, and, um, then I've got, um, and, and that's, and the orange rain is, a, is a, is a single, I tend to like a lot of old country people. I tend to write about social commentary. Sure. And the orange rain is about the effects of, uh, and the trauma suffered by, uh, vets from the Vietnam war when they were exposed to agent orange and right. the addiction and the right. homelessness that came out of that. And, um, so the orange rain is on now. Um, I'm doing a Carolina Nights, which is a story about um, the mining industry in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Comes out on the 26th on Spotify. Uh, that's followed by. Uh, we're trying to figure out what that's followed by. That takes us into September. We're doing one about um, uh, the death of a soldier returning from Afghanistan and. Um, and then I've got another one about, which is a very personal one about missing the deep south hmm. um, and the mag- and the streets lined with magnolia trees. Okay, yeah. Um, and that, that's um, so we're still trying to work all, all the schedule all out, and so all of the part of an E that we're thinking of doing on vinyl as well. Oh, good. On, okay. Um, yeah, vinyl and cassette. Oh, really? Wow. Mm. <laughs> Are there still cassette manufacturers yeah. there, I, I suppose? Or oh, something? yeah, absolutely. And cassette is a growing uh, trend um, in Europe in particular. Really? Um, okay. A lot of the, uh, it, it's again, that you know that leads you down the route of that whole DIY yeah. Yeah, yeah. ethos. Sure. You know, that's like you do it yourself. Right, and you and you can and you can and cassettes are easy for you to replicate at home. Uh-huh. You can you can print your own labels, a bit like CD. Yeah, you know, they're easy for you to replicate. Yeah, um, you can print your own, and and that I think for unsigned, unknown artists is, is a way of merchandising your music so that it's yeah. accessible to people. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, it has to be accessible. Well, in the world of social media and social connection, um, it's a whole lot easier to connect with a tribe um, that you couldn't any other way. You can have a tribe of 100 or 200 or 300 people that really dig what you're doing, even if the mass world wouldn't. And you can then supply them with a CD or cassette of your music and and you you can really... um, uh, keep that tribe connected that way. I mean, that's something that's, you know, relatively new in the last you know, 10 years, I guess. 
Um, so it does open up yeah. the world for for artists that are beginning and 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 are very alternative and um, are but but still allows them to have a stage and a platform. Absolutely, I, you know, I write very non-commercial um, music, um, and, and is never going to be commercially successful. However, social media has allowed me um, to gain an all. I've got a big following in the south of Greece. Wow, you know. <laughs> that's um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and and I've got a, a invitation this winter to go on the back of that to go tour. Um, in, around Athens and the region that is Attica that yeah. is down there. Um, and that would never have happened. Right. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so for an artist that, that is really, really cool. That's fun. Um, you know, you're getting people to engage is, is, is yeah. the key any plans in the future to, to get back to the States and play here again? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I have a good friend of mine, um, who, who, uh, wants to work with me to set up something in the states and i would love to you know i maryland virginia um i, I missed it really but I, I try and get back regularly obviously it's been a while now. yeah yeah um but uh that that, cool. that that whole area yeah i'd love to get back i'd love to play some music there um that all depends on transport and planes and you know, uh, right of course um, of course yeah yeah so but yes the 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 idea is that uh, sometime in the not too distant future, um, I'd like to come back and spend um, a bit more time there making music and, and remaking some connections that you always get lost when yeah. you travel. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, traveling the planet being a uh, sort of cross cultural cowboy, because again, I think in most countries, distance we have that cowboy within it somewhere. Yeah. Um, means that you tend to lose some of the immediateness uh, of being back home. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it, yeah, yeah, it would be cool. So if uh, and that's what Magnolia and and that's what the song Magnolia Rain is, is about is about missing that immediately. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So if folks want to um, get in touch with you, want to want to uh, get some of your music, hear some of your music, make some uh, connections with uh, with with new fans, what's the yeah, best so way for all that to happen for you? Best way to get in touch? The best way for all that well, there's two ways for all that to happen. One is um, uh, my website, which is TupeloLime.com. That's Tupelo as in the city of Mississippi and Lime as in the tree. Um, so TupeloLime.com. There's a page there that has music on it. There's another page where you can say, yeah, I'd like to stay in touch, and you can and, and you can sign up, and I'll stay in touch with you. Um, and Or on Twitter, where I am also TupeloLime on Twitter. Those are the two best ways. Yeah. Um, the website uh, has all the music, and then uh, through that, I'm also I have on Bandcamp under Tupelo Lime. Um, I'm a firm believer that uh, you know people like to see the uh, skeletons of things as well as what it all looks like as, yeah. as a ready-made creature. So on Bandcamp, I tend to keep all the stuff that's work in progress. Yeah, cool. and and some stuff is the same stuff. You might see the titles the same on the website uh, as you see in Bandcamp, but in Bandcamp they sound really different. Yeah. That's me trying to work through what they okay. sound like. So yeah. um, awesome. I'm more than happy for people to comment and, um, and, you know, for me that's part of the audience interaction uh, in a virtual world. Yeah. Good. 
Well, thank you, Graham. This has been really cool and uh, getting to know your story and uh, your connection to the music. And uh, we certainly uh, wish for you as well as all the other musicians that you can get back out there soon and wish you the best with your new music as it comes out. Uh, thank you so much. I think, you know, this has been really cool, um, you know, speaking to Virginia as well and, um, and speaking to your magazine, which, um, you know, does a great job of promoting Americana music in general. Um, it, it's been really, it's been my honor as well. Good. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.